0: Looking at our world from a theological perspective, this is the Theology Central Podcast. Making Theology Central. Oh, no! Did you see it? It was shocking. It was horrible. It was heretical. It was liberal. It was woke. It, it was the worst thing that has ever aired in the history of broadcast television. They showed a commercial. that showed people washing the feet of other people. It was horrific. I hope you I hope you didn't let your kids see it. I hope you closed their eyes. I hope you uh, smashed your television because you don't want anyone to see a commercial. Commercial where it shows people washing other people's feet. How horrible is that? And it has nothing to do with washing feet. It's because supposedly it had a liberal agenda and we, we don't want anyone to see that. Welcome, everyone. It is Saturday, February the 17th, 2024. It is currently 7.30 p.m. Central Time and I am coming to you live from the Theology Central Studio located right here in Abilene, Texas. Now, I am making a reference to the Super Bowl commercial, right? Everyone's been talking about it, right? The Super Bowl commercial, which showed these images of someone washing someone's feet. And for some, well, actually, it's not even for some unknown reason. As soon as I saw the commercial, I'm like, well, Christians are going to be upset about that conservatives are going to be upset about that. They're going to be mad. They're going to be furious. They're going to say it's liberal. They're going to say, well, that's not the gospel. And they should have quoted 13 Bible verses and had a 45 minute sermon. Again, I don't know how you pull that off in a, what, a 30 second commercial, But, but that's what they wanted. That's what they wanted. And now someone has come out and put out the commercial that these other people should have made. And then it shows like a former witch And then it shows her being baptized and former prostitute and former abortionist. And it shows all these people and what that that's, that's what you should have shown demonstrating that, you know, the gospel supposedly transforms people into really bad people to really, really, really good people, which again, we could get into a whole discussion about that. But uh, so, you know, Christians are like, they did it wrong. It's horrible. It's, it's insane. And I, so I look, as soon as it aired, I knew people were going to be upset. And I, you know, I, I, to be honest, you know what I should have done? You know what I should have done? I should have immediately just left, stop watching the Super Bowl, run upstairs, turn on the microphone and recorded a podcast episode about it because I would have been way ahead of the curve. I knew it was coming, but I didn't want to, I didn't want to be involved in it. I didn't want, I didn't. I was like, this is just crazy. But we're, I don't even know how long now, I, when was the Super Bowl, I don't ever remember. But after all of this time, after all of this time, articles are still being posted about. I think the Christian Post have posted, I think they have published three, four articles about the controversy. The controversy has been talked on Fox News. It's been everywhere. And conservatives and Christians are all upset because... This is just horrible. Uh, Just just to give you some information, I was just looking some things up just to to talk about it, all right? So, why are people upset over the foot-washing commercial? Misinterpretation. Some conservatives believe the ad implies Jesus condoned sinful behavior. That's what some people say. This was a misrepresentation. It shows Jesus condoning sinful behavior and he would never do such a thing. Okay. All right. Let's just, just keep that in mind. Some say, uh, the ad, uh, so the ad features people washing others' feet in various modern contexts. Uh, the ad's association with the Hobby Lobby family has sparked some controversy. Um, he Gets Us is funded by individuals linked to conservative causes leading to criticism. Uh, critics argue the ad is superficial attempt to appear progressive while not addressing real issues. OK, so so people are upset with that. Um, uh, intersectionality. Critics argue the ad follows an oppressed oppressor narrative, which they find divisive. The ad is accused of being a tool to promote a specific political movement rather than a genuine message of love and unity. Um, The commercial depicts people washing feet in scenarios like a family planning clinic and a protest. The ad's imagery shot by uh, a fine art photographer has been described as surreal and thought provoking. All right. uh, I'm just reading all kinds of different things about this. Uh, The ads released during a divisive election year has been seen as an attempt to influence public opinion. Um, Critics argue that the ad's attempt to portray acceptance is insincere and merely for show. The ad has been criticized for not addressing real issues and for its super superficial attempt at promoting love and unity. How dare you try to promote love and unity? Even at a superficial level, you either do it this way or you don't do it. Now, of course, I know it's 2024. It doesn't matter what you do. Someone's going to be upset. Someone's going to get frustrated. But for crying out loud, why does it seem that Christians can never take five seconds to stop and go, hmm? What should be a good approach to this? So let me just throw out, other than the yelling and screaming and that it's liberal and that it's woke and that it's justifying sin, instead of doing all of that, let me just throw out a a, a concept. Let me throw out an idea. We are in a post-Christian America. I know that's shocking to people. There are people all over this country who've not picked up a Bible. They've not read a Bible. Many of them have never had any real interaction, even with the church. More and more people are, they they are so disconnected with the Bible and with Christianity that to see a commercial with people washing each other's feet, they may have no idea what this is talking about. They may be completely baffled or confused. So if a commercial is aired on television, the most watched, I think, Super Bowl in history the numbers were staggering for how many people were watching it. Instead of yelling and screaming, illusion, maybe we just kind of play it cool and then look for people who talk about the the commercial and go. So, do you know that story? Do you know the whole story about Jesus washing someone's feet? No, I don't. And I say, well, you want to look at it? Instead of yelling, it's liberal, it's woke, it's it's made by and and, and or you know whatever your argument is about it. How about you just go, you know, hey, let's. Let's go to the passage because it's in the Bible. How about you used it instead of just yelling and screaming against it? Like, look, there's a time to fight. There's a time to draw a line. And sometimes you're like, well, you know, maybe, maybe I think it was superficial. Maybe I think it was insincere. Maybe I think it, it had a, a left-leaning message. Okay. You can yell and scream. You can go outside and yell at the sky. You can go scream at a brick wall. You can get on social media and let your righteous indignation, you know, be seen and heard. Most part, nobody's going to really pay any attention. You're not going to change anyone's mind. The commercials already aired. It's still airing. I've seen it now countless times. It's been talked about everywhere. How about just, just sit back. And if someone's talking about it, go, hey, do you know, do you know the story of that? Do you, do, you, do you know what Jesus was implying there? Do you know the message? Not so much of the commercial of the actual biblical passage. You had a commercial being seen by millions and millions and millions of people that literally was dealing with a biblical concept. But Christians, instead of taking the opportunity to use that to get people into the scripture, we want to yell and scream. And, and I just sometimes don't get what we're doing. It's like sometimes we just we we can't help ourselves. We like no, 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 and 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 sometimes I think the world just looks and like man, you people just screaming or upset about everything. You hate literally everything. You're never happy about anything. So let's just look at the text itself. John chapter thirteen, verse one. Now, before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour was come, that he should depart out of this world unto the Father, having loved his own which were in the world, he loved them unto the end. So the context is about Jesus demonstrating love. Loving those. Now, I don't know if you realize this, All of the disciples that he loved unto the end. I know this is going to be shocking. They were sinful. And one of them was very sinful, right? Okay, not to try to measure sin, but we know I'm referring to Judas, right? Because I don't know, he's going to end up like, you know, what, possessed, right? He's going to, Satan's going to enter into him, right? Uh, So Jesus, though, loved these men. He loved his disciples. And supper being ended, the devil having now put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him. Now, Satan has already now started working in Judas. He's already started his work. He's already started his work. Look, we cannot miss this part of the story. It, it, Jesus is loved. It, the whole point here is Jesus showing his love all the way to the end, even though here's someone that Satan is working inside of, working to do what? Hey, you're going to betray Jesus. So what does Jesus do? Jesus, knowing that the father had given all things into his hands and that he was come from God and went to God, he riseth from supper, laid aside his garment, took a towel and girded him self. He rise from supper, laid aside his garment and took a towel and girded himself. Now he's doing that literally, but it's very symbolic, right? Jesus, right? Second person of the Trinity, one God, three distinct persons, co-equal and co-eternal. He's been eternally with God. He was God. And at some point in time, in a sense, he rose up from eternity. He laid aside his glory. Didn't lay aside his deity, he laid aside his glory. And he and he wrapped himself, uh, and, uh, he took a towel, right? Took a towel. Well, he took on flesh, took on flesh, and he girded himself. He wrapped himself in flesh and took on the role of a servant. You can put next to that verse, literally you can put down Philippians 2. Jesus right there with the Father, one God, three distinct persons, co-equal and co-eternal. But he, had, he, in a sense, he rose up from glory and came and took, came to this earth and took on human flesh, took on the role of a servant. After that, he poureth water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel wherewith he was girded he becomes to wash their feet. This is demonstrating humility. Jesus humbled himself, took on the role of a servant. He put others in a sense before himself. And when he washed the disciples' feet, let me make it very clear. This text would seem to imply that he also washed Judas, his feet. Even though Satan had now put it into his heart to betray him, even though this was already working, he washed his feet. Now, some may try to argue against it. According to one source, if I can uh, find where I have it here, one source, it reads this way. According uh, to John chapter 13, Jesus did wash uh, the feet of Judas Iscariot along with the other disciples. This is described in John chapter 13, verses 1 through 17. Uh, During the supper, Jesus humbly washed the feet of the disciples as a symbolic act of humility, service, and love. This act demonstrated Jesus' teaching that to be great, one must be a servant to others. Judas was present during this event, and Jesus washed his feet along with the rest of the disciples, including the one who would betray him. Wait a minute. So does that mean that he was indicating, does that mean he was indicating that he was okay with the sin? I mean, he also washed Peter's feet, who was going to deny him. He washed the feet of the one who was going to betray him. He washed the feet of the one who was going to deny him. And he washed the feet of those who were going to flee and go and hide. Why? Because Jesus shows love. He was a friend of sinners. He showed love. Are we not called to love even our enemies? Are we not called to humble ourselves? Are we not called to put others before ourselves? Are we not called to love others even as we love ourselves? Why is it that it's like, I'm not going to do anything for you unless you, you act like me? What, what, what is the deal with Christianity in this? I don't get it. It's a commercial of people washing people's feet. You may not like who the feet of the people they're washing. You may think, oh wait, they're they're justifying sin. Well then you go talk to Jesus and say, Hey, 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 hey. No, 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 no. You don't wash Judas' feet. You don't wash Peter's feet, because these people are losers. You wash my feet because I'm worthy. Well, if you think that way, you've got the problem. If you think you're any more worthy to have your feet washed than anyone in that commercial, then you've got a problem of pharisaical self-righteousness. But let's continue reading the text. So Judah's feet gets washed. He cometh to Simon Peter, and Peter said to him, Lord, dost thou wash my feet? And Jesus answered and said unto him, What I do thou knowest not now, but thou shalt knowest ever. And Peter said to him, Thou shalt never wash my feet. Jesus said, If I wash thee not, thou hast no part with me. Simon Peter saith unto him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my feet. And Jesus said, He that is washed needeth not save to wash his feet, but is clean every whit. and you are clean, but not all. Uh, For he knew who should betray him. Therefore, he said, you're not all clean. So after he had washed their feet and had taken his garments, he was set down and said unto them, know ye what I have done to you? You call me master and Lord, and you say, well, for so am I. He doesn't deny his lordship, doesn't deny his deity. And he goes, and if if I then, your Lord and master, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I've given you an example, you should do as I have done to you. Now, somehow, this has become this great controversy. This has become this I, I don't get it, I don't understand. Like, I don't get it. If you didn't, I, don't, I like, even if you didn't like the commercial, it literally is putting forth a biblical concept, a biblical idea that's found in John 13 in front of millions of people. You may wanted the commercial to be a little different, but instead of yelling and screaming, why don't you utilize it? Why don't, not only won't you utilize it, why don't won't you allow it to, instead of screaming about it, you go look at John 13 and study it. There is plenty in John 13 to consider, but the basic concept is this is Jesus demonstrating his love. He's demonstrating humility, and he calls us to demonstrate our love and humility by doing the same. Jesus washed the feet of sinful people. I know that's a shock to everyone, but he did. As a Christian, I know this is going to become a shock to everyone, but we're called to love sinful people. We're to call to love even sinful people who hate us and use us. We're to call to love our neighbor as ourselves. We are called to put other people before us, even sinners. Why do Christians want to do more Why do we simply, we want to do more about condemning people. We want to do more about telling people that they're wrong. We want to do more about fixing people so that they will live according to our role. Instead of going and saying, I'm going to love this person. I'm going to serve this person. I'm going to demonstrate the gospel to them. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to do everything possible. It doesn't mean you don't look for opportunities to share the gospel. Doesn't mean you, you don't, you ignore sin. It means that there's, you can love and serve and then look for opportunities to then present and share. In fact, it doesn't have to be either or, it can be both. Washing someone's feet has to be a, I mean, come on, that's a humbling, like, I don't know, can you get more humbled than that? It just, the whole thing appears awkward to me. Like, 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 I know some churches do it like, you know, almost like a once a year kind of thing to show some form of humility. And at that point, it can just become a ritual. And I know this is not so much about, hey, literally wash feet as, hey, follow the example. Serve and love people. But if that means kneeling down and washing someone's feet, not for a show, not for cameras, but to do so in some kind of a way to show love and humility— I don't understand why, like, and I just don't know why we didn't like whose feet was being washed and in what setting. And and because all we could see, instead of seeing John 13, what Christians saw was politics. That, to me, is the biggest problem. We saw a commercial about people's feet being washed, and we didn't see John 13. We saw politics. We saw liberal conservative woke that's we couldn't see we couldn't see our own bible somehow being demonstrated whether we completely agreed or not the point is there it is but but no 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 no. it's got to be some issue now i'm not saying i agree with the group behind it i look i look i am very aware i'm very aware that the group behind it spent millions upon millions upon millions of dollars to put that commercial on there. Look, there is legit criticism that could happen with it. I mean, someone, I think someone figured it out just that that if you take about how many churches there are in America, just the... Just the money spent on that Super Bowl ad could have probably supported churches and kept churches open for I don't even know how many years. I, I think I think someone broke it down for me. It'd be like thirty three thousand dollars per year per, per church um, for I don't know how many years, or maybe it was just one year. But they could have given thirty three thousand dollars to like every church um, for what it costs to to air that Super Bowl ad. In other words, you could argue they could have done countless other things with the money. You can always make that argument. Right, I mean, I do the same thing when it comes to uh, the, an election cycle. Look at how much money is spent to get someone elected as president. We could fix most of our economic problems in this country by just not spending all of that money for the election and putting it forth projects and infra- infrastructure and, and whatever, whatever you want to do. So there's always there, there's legit criticisms. I understand it, but from just a theological perspective, it was like I'm not going to look at this politically. I'm going to be like, oh, yeah, that's John 13, and I know this. I'm just going to be honest with you. I don't want to wash anyone's feet. I don't I have no desire to. I'll just be honest with you. It'd feel, it feel it would it would feel awkward, weird, and somewhat humiliating. Oh, come on. Could, could we're supposed to love our enemy. We're supposed to serve our enemy. We're supposed to put people before ourselves. Come on. Could you kneel down in front of your enemy? Someone who you, who has despised you and lied about you and gossiped and slandered and and then you kneel down and wash their feet. Could you do that? Come on, honestly. I'm just being honest with you. No way. I'd, I'd probably kneel down to wa- wash their feet just so that I put them in a, an area of vulnerability so that I could strike. I know what you're saying. You're a horrible human being. Yes, I am. I'm an ungodly human being. I got no problem acknowledging that, right? I'm a sinner. And you can act like you're more godly than I am. But I can't imagine kneeling down in front of my enemy. And doing that, what what kind of, like, I'm almost saying I'm pathetic and weak and you, you and, and I'm putting you above me. And I'd be like, no, the things you've done to me, the way you lied about me, slandered, hurt, sought to destroy me. Oh, no, no. If I kneel down, I'm going to snap your ankle. That's what I'm going to do. Oh, come on. I, I can't, I know, I know I keep saying that. I don't know what the reactions are to people currently listening, but my, but I, I just know that that's how I would think. But but nobody saw this as ooh, let's let's look to ourselves, right? Because th- this is about love. This is about humility. I mean, there's plenty in John 13. We could we could discuss that whole discussion with Peter. Well, I mean, you're clean, but there's a part that's not clean. but someone's not clean, now some may try to argue that that proves Judas wasn't there, that he didn't wash Jesus' feet. But most believe he did. Right? But if you want, but even if you're washing Peter's feet, he knows what Peter's going to do. He knows Peter's going to deny him three times. I don't know how washing someone's f- feet would... Cond- That's the thing we have weird... I think in our and the minds of, of evangelicals today, we've reached a point that it goes something like this. Anyone... Well, I mean, everyone's a sinner, but, but okay. Anyone who's a sinner who doesn't agree with us politically, right? Okay. So that uh, anyone who's a, anyone who's obviously LGBTQ, that would fit here, but in anyone who, who's a sinner, who's not part of our political, our political group, right? If we're, if they're not part of our political group, then though, then our focus tends to be, our focus tends to be at that moment. This is very important. Um, our, 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 um, our focus tends to be at that point in time that we don't care about loving them, serving them. I don't even know if we want them saved. We just want to condemn them. We just want to argue with them. We want to debate them. We want to fight them. We want to win an argument. We want them to stop acting a certain way. It's like, it's almost as if, hey, look. I I, will, I may love sinners, but I'm going to love my kind of sinners. But if they're if they're the wrong kind of sinners, especially if they're the wrong political kind, then I'm going to hate, mock, destroy, and and I'm not going to love. We where are we? When are we going to get to the um, mindset that we see people all of sinners, and we're called to love, we're called to serve, we're called to to put others before ourselves. We're called to even love our enemies. We're called to do good to them who would use us and hate. We're called to do good to them. Jesus came to serve, right? He came to minister, not to be ministered to. Jesus served and ministered to sinners, Now, I I could understand, I could understand if we believed washing someone's foot, washing someone's feet made them a Christian, like, hey, if someone washes your feet, you're a Christian. Well, then that would be like, Hey, just take salvation to anyone, no matter what they believe, no matter, no matter what, and just say that they're a Christian. That's washing someone's feet. It doesn't say that you're saying someone is not sinful. And you're not saying that that makes someone a Christian. What you're showing the non-Christian, if you're going to, if you're so worried that it was somehow justifying sin, you're just showing the sinner that you are humbly loving them. You're trying to demonstrate a, a love that is not the way the uh, humans think about love—it's selfless, not selfish. It's self-sacrificing. It's—we don't believe it to be a, a, a regenerative sacrament. That somehow it. Oh, if you if you now if you if you added baptism to that, and just like go baptize anyone, even if they don't believe. And then they're saved. Okay, well, now we would have one more theological issue. Just washing someone's feet. Literally, Jesus says, I've given you example. Do the same thing. And the whole context is there. I mean, it, the, the verse 1 gives the context. Having loved his own which were in the world, he loved them unto the end. And supper being ended, the devil having now put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him. That I, I uh I, I don't know I don't know how I, I just, it's just amazing how that could be um I, I, I just I just don't know. Now um if we look at, is it verse twenty seven? Yeah. So, uh, and if you continue reading, Judas is still there. Judas is still there. And then it's verse 27. And after the sop, Satan entered into him. All right. That's, that's, that's referring to Judas. So then Satan, so Satan puts it in his heart. Earlier, he's put it in a heart to betray him. Satan literally enters into him, it seems in verse 27. So he may not be possessed at that point. Satan is beginning his work, but then, and I don't know if we can say he's possessed, but Satan clearly seems to enter into him. I know there's some theological dispute over that. I just wanted to make sure I was clear on that to show you that. So, but the point is, Judas was Satan was already working inside the heart of Judas. Judas was going to deny him, or was going to betray him. Peter's going to deny him. But he washes his feet. He washes the feet of Peter, who's going to deny him three times. The others are going to flee and be filled with fear and doubt. Yet he washes their feet. Now, I know there's a lot there to get into theologically. My point is not to try to do a a full-blown theological, exegetical study of John 13 now. I just want, I just somehow, everyone's running around yelling and screaming about the commercial why are you yelling and screaming about the commercial? How about like, hey guys, like a bazillion people saw a commercial that showed people washing other people's feet. Hey guys, and you could you could do this if you were if you were teaching kids, if you're teaching kids in Sunday school, or if you're teaching young people. Hey, did everyone you hear everyone talking about that commercial? Did you know that story comes from the Bible? What do you think, Jesus? And you could bring a picture of water and a ball and go, what? What do you think Jesus meant when he did this? And you could demonstrate what it looks like. And, and I, I bet you many of the kids and many of the teenagers are like, oh, that's gross. That's, I, I, oh, no, no way I would do that. And then try to have the bigger theological message about it. But no, instead of turning it into a... Me- it's, it's like, it's so weird. Instead of turning it into a message about John 13, it's like, there are a lot of liberals trying to... It's a, it, it. And it was a conservative group. So I don't know. So it's either you're mad that it's a conservative group, you're mad, but then it's a conservative group who didn't do it the right way. Like, I don't know. Everyone's upset at everything. But guess what gets lost in all of the yelling? John 13. And what a lot of people, this is the commercial they should have shown. All right. What is wrong with showing a commercial that gets us to look at a text that I don't know if we really think about how to apply it to our life, my life, your life. Whose feet can you wash tomorrow? Whose feet can you wash tomorrow? Whose feet? In other words, who can you show tomorrow? Love. You can show Humility. You can show you're putting them before you. What can you do to serve? What can you do to show, show that you are not selfish, but you are selfless? What can you do to show the kind of love mentioned in First Corinthians thirteen? What can you do to show love to an enemy? What can you do? Now I can sit here and say what we're. I'm not. I'm not going to be any better at it than anybody else. So I'm going to get emails here. So let me make it very clear. I'm not saying everything about the commercial is perfect. I'm not saying about all the the groups associated with it are perfect. I'm not saying that. The absolute insane amount of money that was spent couldn't have gone better to supporting missions or missionaries on the mission field or or local churches or, I mean, so many things it could have gone to. But that's always the case with a Super Bowl commercial. You could take all the money spent on Super Bowl commercials and you probably could get the nation out of debt. I mean, you could probably pay off everyone's credit card debt. You could probably pay off everyone's medical bills. You could probably pay off everyone's student loans. You You probably could do a million things, right? So, I mean, because that's a lot of money. Same thing could be said about political elections, how much money is spent to, to support, you know, uh, candidates. So that's always an issue there. And and, and and it's legitimate to point it out. I'm not in any way criticizing that. I'm just saying in, 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 in the midst of legitimate criticism, in the midst of illegitimate criticism, in the midst of wrong concerns and right concerns, somewhere— John 13 should have risen to the, to, the, to the surface and took and transcended all of the yelling and screaming and we started having more teaching about John 13. Sometimes, when the world is confronted with something that comes straight from the pages of scripture. Something that's, that's biblical that they, in this post-Christian world, they may have no clue about, but they may not even know what it's talking about. If it's not perfect, if it's not exactly the way we want it, if we don't necessarily are in full agreement with it, we can either go full-blown trying to condemn it and yell and scream, which then nobody's going to really ask us too many questions, or we can look then for opportunities to go, okay, how can we use this? How can we strategize here? This has got people talking about it. All right, so let's do some talking about it. Hey, there's a story about this in the Bible, and it's got some interesting characters associated with it. This man named Judas... Yeah, Satan is like working in his heart to to betray Jesus and he's gonna betray him with a kiss and it's crazy. And then the other man that's in the story, his name's Peter, and he's like, Hey, don't wash my feet. Uh he's all worried about it, but then he ultimately is gonna deny Jesus three times. Like, and then the rest of the guys their feet's gonna get washed, they're gonna go running and running and hide for their lives when Jesus gets uh crucified, other than John who's gonna stick around. Like you you get a you get you can just have a good conversation and they and you can have them maybe possibly look it up and read it for. For themselves and who knows what happens then kids saw that commercial teenagers saw that commercial what did they probably hear many of their Christian parents say oh this woke liberal nonsense about instead of going oh wow hopefully that'll get people to go look up John 13 your kids may go "What? what's in John 13 sometimes I just don't think we you know we need to be as wise as serpents and harmless as doves. You can email me news if at yahoo.com. That's news. If at yahoo.com. dot News IF at yahoo.com. That's news. If at yahoo.com. Now back to your regular scheduled programming. for this Saturday night. Sorry to interrupt, but I'm just tired of hearing people yell and scream about this thing and not any real discussion about John chapter 13. All right. Thanks for listening. God bless.